Welcome back again. My name is Tony Weeder, and we are looking at worldview evangelism and worldview discipleship for the folk Muslims who've been discussing, and there where we are now. And we are going to go to the story of creation. It is good for you to start with that, lay the foundation before you go to the New Testament. Let them understand Genesis, especially 11 chapters. I mean, everything about the Bible from um, from all the Viticals, all the way to Revelation, when you understand the first chapter, 11 chapters of Genesis, you on, you have, at least you got the Bible down. So start from there. Uh, creation. And what I want for you to do is actually uh, uh, ask a Muslim friend why he, she thinks there is so much wrong in the world. And when you ask the question, <laughs> I'm repeating myself here, wait, let them answer the question. Don't answer it for them make them to defend their position and let them uh, talk to you why so much evil and go especially if he's Asian um, I mean just recently what happened in, in, in Tokyo or in Japan the tsunami people die or what happening right now in the US look what happening in Libya like we talked the last time uh, starvation I mean, those, those of us that live in America, when you look at people dying from starvation, uh, you wonder why. Innocent babies dying from AIDS. And let the Muslims be able, or your folk Muslim friend, be able to answer some of these questions. Why so much wrong in this world? Why are our conditions so bad? I mean, we are doing everything to destroy one another. Russia is building nuclear weapons. Iran is getting it. Uh, North Korea is there. Why? The people are suffering and they are building nuclear weapons. Syria is the same way. Egypt, 85 million Muslims or plus Muslims there. Confusion and killing. Why? But at the same time, show your Muslim friend the goodness of God's creation from Genesis 1. And God said, and this is where need to know the story of God. Know God's story that in the beginning was God. He created a beautiful world. And he saw that it was good. The only time God said it was not good in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 was that it was not good for man to be alone. Can you imagine? They said when Adam named all the animals... There was no one for Adam to communicate with. And God said, I will make him someone. And this is where we are in terms of our sins and condition, the human condition. Remember, from the beginning, we talk about what is real and what is the human condition. Let your friend see the excellence of God's creation. Remind your friend of the question regarding what is wrong in this world or in the world today. And then go back and read, wait, discuss the fall of humanity. The whole story is right there. Every culture, like we say in one of our lectures, every culture have a creation story and a false story. Share the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. And this is where now we as Christians really need to present the gospel that it is not just that the Bible blamed Eve, but the Bible also blamed 
Adam. I think it is in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Uh, remember this. The Bible does not say. <laughs> I'm laughing because there's something. When I was teaching in Ethiopia at the, the, the Bible college. I quoted this Bible verse. Uh, Romans uh, 5.12. I said through one woman sin entered the world. Do you believe that? And all the guys in the, in the class said yes. It was through one woman. You see but, and then I said, could we actually turn that and read it and see what the Bible says? And we read it, it actually said it was through one man. And they started scratching their heads. Saying, How could this be? How can this be through, <laughs> through a man instead of a woman? You see, God held Adam responsible, not Eve. See, discuss humans, our deliberate disobedience to God, willful disobedience, we disobeyed. And God's judge what? He judged Satan. He judged Eve. He judged Adam. And he judged creation. When you read, uh, when you read uh, um, Romans uh, 8, they said this world is groaning and waiting for its own redemption. It's suffering. Eve was to experience birth pain. Uh, my wife usually joke about about the creation, so let me, I will share two stories that she talk about. First of all, for my wife, the reason why God created Adam, she said that when God created Adam, he looked at him up and down and said, hmm, I can do better than this. <laughs> Maybe she might have a point there. <laughs> she might have a point in terms of, I mean, just look at the contrast between Eve and Adam. There's a huge difference right there. But another thing, again, my wife talked about the punishment in terms of judgment, birth pain. So when she started having children, there's something they call in medical term, how you call it, epidura, uh, where they gave to the woman. So my wife said, good luck with that judgment uh, because I don't even feel in pain. But I mean, for, for, no, for seriousness, God confronted Satan and, and, and judged him, confronted Eve and judged her, confronted Adam and judge him, and then the very creation, judge creation. So all of us, none excluded, we are waiting for that redemption. Some of us have gotten it, others have not. God is loving, God is caring, but we should not forget about God's justice, the justice of God. He's just. So the Muslim view of God's arbitrariness he is not bound to act in any certain way <laughs> they call it extreme predestination that is in islam or in some part of islam that is that if god have preordained for you to commit adultery if you don't do it god will even punish you for it this is not a god we serve so you have to take time slowly unfold the gospel explain it um there are three things we do in uh, apolog uh, apologetics. That is, you read a text, you explain the text, and you apply the text. That's what you should do in evangelism. Read a text, read a scripture. The Bible speaks. One of the things I have enjoyed when I'm in trouble or I'm worried and concerned about my life and what's going on, sometimes I just take the scripture and read it out loud. The comfort 
the experience that I get from there to know that the God of the universe have put his word out right before me for me to read it and understand it and so I can be revived and enjoy him. Review with your friend God's judgment when humankind turned from God. Read passages in the Bible which shows the sin of humankind and God's judgment on disobedience. There's a there's a painting, I think I, I read it from, from Francis Schaeffer. I have never been to Denmark yet. <laughs> Someday I plan to go there just to see that painting. He said there's a painting hanging, uh, hanging in, in one of the museums in Denmark uh, where Adam is walking away. On the painting, this, he captured it. Adam is walking away with his dead son on his shoulder with legs hanging down before him, head hanging behind him, Abel, and the blood dripping on the legs of Adam. And beneath the painting, the caption is the first burial or the first funeral. Can you imagine that? It was only Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, four people. They were only four people. Now tell me what was so hard about that, living with just four people. In the whole world, they had everything. They had God coming and fellowshipping with them, talking to them. Can you imagine that? Only four people, and yet one of them killed. And then talk about the flood. Noah, you see, in many times, I think it was Bill Wonder who said that when Muhammad talked about Noah's and the flood, he put it in the Quran in such a way that the flood only came because the people rejected Noah as prophet. No, it was because of the sins of the people. That's what the scripture says. So you have to explain that to your Muslim friend. The Tower of Babel, Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 11, when men decided to build a tower that would reach God in rebellion to God. And what God did, the very thing that united them, language, language, God's confused their language. And but guess what? What happened in Genesis 11? Guess what God did in Acts chapter 2? He united all tongues to praise him. And let your friend, uh, the animist, or the, uh, the folk Muslim understand that. That God judged them. He confused their language. But in Acts chapter 2, he united it. Sodom. Tomorrow, today, do you know in Canada, you can't even talk about that. You'll go to jail. It's considered hate speech. Today, some part of America, you cannot even talk about Sodom because it's not sin. They're where we are today in our culture. Western culture is also degrading slowly. The erosion of morality is huge in the West. So you cannot even talk about Sodom. And today, that is practice. It's not just in the West, but in South Africa. In fact, just last week, I was, I was listening, which is so bad. Women, uh, lesbian women are being raped in South Africa. They are being gang raped because they are lesbian. That is not right. God loves them. And it is not for us to judge them, meaning harm them. We have to love them and share the love of Jesus Christ with them. 
But Sodom and Gomorrah was judged by God. And also let him see Jacob, the, the deceiver and the deceived. But yet Jacob, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Let your friends see that of God's provision. And show them how Jacob was a deceiver, but also point out how Jacob reaped what he saw. So God will not just overlook our sins because he loves us. He will judge our sins. He loves us, but he hates the sins within us. Let us keep that in mind. And then also the grumbling of Israel. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, I'm laughing because the story sounds so much like myself. Here are men and women in Egypt suffering. They are suffering under the Pharaoh. God comes through Moses. And I always wonder about this. And, and it's, you know, it's like a typical American. Moses show up to Pharaoh's house. Hey, guy, I'm here to, to talk to you about God. I don't even know how Moses got into Pharaoh, but anyway, he did. He said, I'm here that God has sent me to let his people go. God redeemed them, crossed the Red Sea, and they start complaining. Now, tell me, what are they complaining about? Onions. <laughs> Meat. Yeah, my steak. I didn't get my steak today. These are the things the Israelites are complaining to God about. We have no onions. Just in Exodus 15, these people are dancing. God is a warrior. He fights for us. One minute they are complaining. You know what? I'm thirsty. I've not drank any water yet. You know, I didn't get my steak this afternoon. What's going on? I'm not getting three square meals. That's what these people are complaining about. They are complaining that God is not. But God saved them instead of being gracious. They are grumbling. Just like me. Whining. Next, we come to the golden calf. It's one of the most sorrowful and pitiful parts of, 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 of Scripture. Moses is up the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. God is instructing them uh, and giving him the Ten Commandments. Moses is up there. He's coming down and he's here. All this rumbling and tumbling and dancing. There's a part I like about Aaron. That Aaron reminds me so much of myself and many of us here. And when Moses come and see the people dancing, he asks Aaron, he said, Aaron, what's up? What's going on here? Aaron said, well, they brought their rings and earrings to me, and I put it in the fire. Boop, this thing just jumped at me. What a liar. It was planned. It was deliberate. They sin against God, the golden calf. And Israel continued to complain. <laughs> um, Anyone, have you ever, has anyone ever read Genesis, not Genesis, Numbers 12? A preacher, sermon. I think, I think I took this title from John Piper. <laughs> and the sermon title was, because Moses, now let me give you the background on Numbers 12. Moses come home with a black woman. He's married, he married to a black woman. And so my sermon title was, Moses, the dude is black. What's going on? Marion is angry because the brother got a black woman. It's a problem. But God comes in again and judge their, uh, um, their rebellious act. Marion becomes leper. And she comes and repents because Moses prayed for her. 
explain these things. Why am I going through these things and judging? Because Muslims believe in good deeds. I give you a quick story. One time I was traveling uh, from Chicago to Brussels, Brussels to Ghana, and then Liberia. While on the plane, I had a Muslim friend sitting by me, and so we started talking. And as we talked, I said, you know what? Uh, could we list down all the good deeds we have done and all the bad deeds we have done? And so he had his list, I had mine. And by the time we were done, there were, no, there were more bad deeds between two of us than any good. Then I asked him, how many bad things did Moses do that God refused to let him enter the promised land? And he said, one. And then I said, how many sins did Adam commit before they kicked him out of the garden? One. And then the question was, if God could throw out Adam out of the garden, if God could refuse to allow Moses to enter the promised land, what about us? What about us? And these are the things you need to reinforce. Also, in terms of the spies that went uh, to spy out the land in numbers, when they came back, they brought bad report. It was only Joshua and Caleb who came back. Out of 12, only two people, again, standing for what you believe. Explain these things, but you cannot tell these wonderful and beautiful stories to your Muslim friends if you don't understand or know your Bible perfectly. Know these stories. Know them in context. Moses' disobedience, as we just talked about, is disobedience. When God told him, speak to the rock. And when in Deuteronomy chapter 3, when Moses, Moses is speaking to the Israelites, he said, because of you, I was not allowed to enter the promised land. But God said, you refuse to obey me before Israel. Because of that, you will not enter the promised land. You will only see it, and you will not enter the promised land. And Moses died on Manimbo. God's provision for human's deliverance. Going back again to the three questions we'll talk about. What is real? What is him, the human condition? And the remedy. And that's what we're looking at here. The act of Noah and his family. I mean, look at it. God planned to destroy the whole world. But found few faithful men and women. Or a family. Remember when I told the story about Noah's act in the church? God took care of his own. He went, protected Noah, his children, their wives. Remember Abraham? When Abraham, just imagine, starting from Genesis chapter 12, he called Abraham, through you the whole world will be blessed. In Genesis 14, there's a fight. Genesis go, I mean, um, and Abraham goes and, de and deliver his, 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 his nephew, a cousin, Lot, and brings him by. In Genesis uh, uh, 15, God appeared before Abraham and talked about the covenant of Abraham. They said, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. But the one concern with Abraham, but how can I be blessed and be a blessing to the whole world when, when I don't have children? 
Oh, some of you, if you are in the West, you don't know the magnitude of a woman in Asia, in Africa, in Latin America that can have children. It is a serious, serious business. And Sarah is concerned about this same thing. And God said, Abraham, I'm, I'm going to give you a son. In Genesis 15, he said, Eliezer will not be your heir. I will give you a son. And then Abraham is thinking, okay, uh, next month I'm supposed to be 99 years old. And Sarah is supposed to be, uh, she'll be 89, 90. And what are you talking about? So he's confused. And Genesis 16, Abraham and Sarah decide to take matter in their own hands. Ishmael is born. And this one of the, the few verses where I just, you know, I find myself in the shoes of Abraham when he's praying to God. And this is where some missiologists have actually said in Genesis 17, verses 17 and 18. Abraham fell face down and said, oh, that Ishmael may live before you, telling God. He said, just forget about the promised child. I'm now 100 years old. But God took care of them. Moses and a bronze serpent. And this is where Jesus said in John, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And when I'm lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all men and women to me. That's the hope. It is on the cross where everything is even. And your animist, your folk Muslim needs to know that. One of the most beautiful stories from starting from Genesis, oh, anyone know Genesis, the story of Joseph? Genesis 37, I think so. Starting from there, the rest of the book is about, is about Joseph uh, and what God did for this young man. Joseph, the brother and the, the coat of men in color. Joseph, the love son. I mean, Joseph is like a type of Christ. Explain the story of his suffering. He was rejected by his brethren. So in slavery. And then end up right up in Pharaoh's house where he became the prime minister of everything. But when you read Genesis 50 verse 20, this is what he said. He said, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. Show, turn what human meant for evil into good. Rejection, deliverance, and wise ruler of God in Egypt. So never, ever forget that. 